This is Ethan, and I'm here with Dave, and together we are Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast, episode 49-inch. On this week's episode, we interview Weird Al's master of merchandise, Marnie Farlow. It's Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast. It's a podcast about Weird Al. It's Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast. Seriously, the whole podcast is about Weird Al. It's Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch you don't have to listen, but we're glad you are. I still can't believe we saved the podcast and quite possibly the world on episode 48 inch last week, Dave. Yes, you're right. I mean, I hope our listeners really enjoyed last week's episode. If you haven't heard it yet, you definitely want to take some time in the next few days to listen and check it out. I mean, I don't want to spoil anything for those of you who haven't listened yet, but we take you on this amazing journey unlike any other episode that we have ever done. There's a murder subplot, time travel, special guests, and and, uh, I've already said way too much. Absolutely. It was such a blast to record and put together, and our listeners have been emailing and texting us how much they loved it. If you haven't already, let us know your thoughts on the episode. It was a bit ambitious, but I could definitely see us making a sequel at some point. And if you haven't listened yet, you want to go back and listen to Strings Attached bonus episode 26 centimeter. There's a very important plot line in there, and it has to do with (laughs) Ethan's watch. (laughs) That is for sure. So we have another great episode lined up for today, but first, how about we talk about our National Burrito Day last week? Dave, I, I thought we took an oath to never speak of what we did on that I day. I mean, the photos we posted on our Patreon and social media? Oh, yeah! Yeah, so we posted pictures of you and me enjoying our burrito burrito, vegan burritos, backstage at our UHF screening event Jonah Ray. If you have not seen the pictures yet, the entire set of pictures are up for absolutely free over on our Patreon at patreon.com slash 2000 inch. We posted a couple pictures on our social media, but the full set is over on the Patreon. And Dave, that was your first burrito burrito burrito. How, how did you like it? Well, I think I've talked about this on our episode where we talk about our screening of UHF with Jonah Ray, but I actually really, really enjoyed them. They were really tasty. This week's episode brought to you in part by vegan Mexican restaurant Burrito Burrito in Troy, New York, home of the two-pound double-wrapped in a quesadilla Burrito Burrito. Come on down to Burrito Burrito and Burrito Burrito, your Burrito Burrito. Find them at burritosquared.com and at burritosquared on Instagram. And remember, not every burrito is a Burrito Burrito Burrito, but every Burrito 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 can be Burrito Burritoed. You know, Ethan, many of our listeners might not live as close to Burrito Burrito as you and I. I do, so they might not get to try it as much as we do, but that does not mean that they cannot still support Burrito Burrito from afar. That's right. Burrito Burrito sells merchandise online. You can check that out at burritosquared.com. And they're even doing something very special right now. They're not only selling meal kits, Ethan, you're going to love this, they're also selling rolls of toilet paper. How convenient! <laughs> Can you get the toilet paper wrapped in a quesadilla, though? 
Yeah, I don't see why not. <laughs> so, Ethan, we should talk about, you know, that other thing from last week. Dave, we can't. No, we promised. What, Dr. Demento's birthday? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Dr. Demento's birthday. To celebrate his birthday, Dr. Demento launched a brand new website where people can subscribe and listen to his vast archive of past shows. Yeah, that new website is absolutely beautiful. You can check it out now at drdemento.com. And while you're there, check out his brand new merchandise. It is really cool. And Dave, I'm really glad you didn't talk about that other thing from last week. Oh, yeah, that's right. Thanks for the reminder. No! Yeah, Ethan and I both received a very nice shipment from our episode 47-inch guest, Jason Alchill. Yes! Thank you, Jason! We each got an incredible memento from the VH1 Rock the House shoot. Pieces of the actual explosion from the missile that Al installed into Jason's living room. (laughs) I love it! It is one of my most prized possessions, and I've already put it in a permanent home in my large glass display case. And Ethan, you know that that is reserved for some of my most special Al collectibles. Yeah, as soon as I got it, I put it right uh, on the shelf where I have some other Weird Al stuff. (laughs) But you know, as soon as I got mine, the first person I called was... Don Ferlazzo. This week's episode brought to you in part by the Don Ferlazzo Allstate Agency in Clifton Park, New York. If you drive like crazy or are about to buy you a condo, Don Ferlazzo and his team can help you with crazy good auto, home, and renter's insurance. Plus, the Ferlazzo Agency can protect all of your favorite pieces of the explosion from Jason Alch's room that Al redid on VH1. You may think your insurance is good enough for now, but don't wait one more minute. Find the Ferlazzo Allstate on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, or call 518-278-3543 for a free quote today. The Ferlazzo Agency. We sell insurance, and that's all. And you know who else I called? Burrito Burrito! Yeah, Ethan, we did that one already. Oh, yeah, right, yeah. And you know what else happened last week? Fine, just... Fine, just tell them, Dave, we murdered. That's right, Ethan. Al has been busy providing the internet with amazing content. Oh, yeah, that's that's right. Uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, he put up a video of himself outside his house looking over Los Angeles while he performed Mason Williams' Grammy award-winning song, Classical Gas. And, of course, he played it. On his accordion. Yes, Al has said that this was his favorite song when he was 10 years old. And it was also the first single he ever bought. Plus, remember, he recorded the song on the Vanity Tour that was back at the McDonald Theater in Oregon. And believe it or not, Mason Williams was actually in the audience. How awesome. That was such a cool moment. And it was so cool to get to hear that on Stitcher because I was not in Oregon unfortunately, for that show. (laughs) Yeah, I wasn't in Oregon either, but that was so cool to get to hear on Stitcher. So, big, big news. Al made a special appearance on The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. That's right. Jimmy Fallon was broadcasting from home, and he invited Al on to perform One More Minute, which Jimmy said was one of his all-time favorite Weird Al songs, and he mentioned seeing Al was Jimmy's first concert ever. And he said he wasn't sure how to get in touch with Al, so he did what, Dave, you and I do when we need to ask Al something. He texted Lin-Manuel Miranda. If you have not seen the video yet, it is fantastic. 
Al performs the song from his office slash studio. And since the rest of the band wasn't there, he figured out a way to do it with backing vocals. The song was done a cappella style. So there's another one for the spreadsheet. Yes. And I would love to have those backing tracks. I was just mesmerized trying to listen to that and listen to Al sing. And also while I was watching, I could not stop thinking, would you look at all that stuff? Al's got quite a collection, doesn't he? All that framed Al memorabilia behind him was fantastic. It was so cool. Yeah, I just couldn't really look away at like all the artwork and posters. I was trying to figure out, ooh, what's that? What's that? You know, <laughs> I would love to see more of Al's, you know, office studio. I think it'd be so cool just to just to go through and see what Al, you know, has up on his walls. Yeah, I would love for him to do a video just kind of explaining some of the pieces or even just showing us better quality of them. The one thing though that I was really stuck on in the video was on his desk, Al had a mixed up Rubik's Cube. And I just kept thinking like, I want to buy a Rubik's Cube. And instead of like solving it, I want it to be solved to what Al has on his desk for the collection, of course. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, for sure. It's really weird. Like, why would you just have a Rubik's Cube on your desk, you know, unsolved? Is it just because Al hasn't gotten around to solving it? Or does the way that he had the colors lined up, is that like a special significance to him? I choose to think that it's a special significance. (laughs) (laughs) you know what else was really cool about the video i noticed that he was wearing a robe so i was wondering if that was his famous simpsons robe yeah i also noticed he had on the strings attached tour special made al pajamas that they had made yeah just the crew members that was a really cool like nod to you know his strings attached to her and the crew and the fans who all took part in that and of course he mentioned that this was the first time that he's appeared on the tonight show not wearing any pants (sighs) that's a dream of mine to appear on the tonight show without wearing any pants i mean i never wear any pants while we're recording the podcast and that's why we don't have a live video feed and that's also why our uhf event with jonah ray was really extra weird And it also explains why Jonah looks so uncomfortable. I think the reason why he was uncomfortable was because the fact that you and I were both sitting on his lap. Yeah, that could be it, too. So just this week on social media, Al posted the fat music video with all of the music removed. Yes, and it really, it gave me flashbacks to episode 27 Inch when Bermuda brought all those rare clips to premiere on our show And he even brought some sound effects from the Fat Music video. If you watch the video that Al posts, all that's in there are the sound effects, the foley from the video, and it is absolutely hysterical. (laughs) You know that it is really a great music video when it's still entertaining without the music. (laughs) It's so true. And speaking of videos, our friend, number one favorite Grammy Award-nominated podcast theme songwriter slash performer, Jim Kimo West, has been busy putting out videos where he's performing his songs on his YouTube channel. Yes, Jim's released four of those videos so far, and in each one of them, he's wearing a different Hawaiian shirt. (laughs) And in other Jim Kimo West news, he composed music for a documentary called Mo Ti Iwi, Carving for the People. It's done the film festival circuit since last year, and it just won some amazing awards at the Cinema World Fest Awards. It won Best Documentary, Award of Excellence for Original Score, Color Treatment, and Sound Design, and Award for Merit for Cinematography and Editing. Huge congratulations to you, Kimo. 
I feel like the amazing theme song he did for us just pushed that film over the edge for the judges to give it so many awards. If you're not subscribed to Jim Kimo West's YouTube page, you want to go do that now. It is youtube.com slash user slash Kimo West. So we mentioned our UHF event earlier and how, you know, maybe you and I weren't wearing any pants, Dave. Well, Friday, there's another super fun UHF event that you don't need to wear pants for. Our friend Jeff McClelland left us a message on the 347 hotline to tell us all about it. Hey guys, this is Jeff McClelland. Hope you're doing okay. Uh, I wanted to, first of all, congratulate you keeping the spatula hotline up and running. And secondly, I wanted to talk a little bit about an event that I'm having this Friday. We're all kind of stuck at home, and I thought it might be a little bit of fun to watch UHF together. So looking to bring in anyone who has the movie and wants to watch it this Friday the 10th at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time, 6.30 Pacific Time. We take our movies, we put them in the DVD player or the VCR or the Laserdisc player or the Betamax player. We hit play, and uh, then we talk about it on social media, I guess. So just like you would live tweet a funeral, you can also live tweet UHF, and that's the plan, I guess. So I came up with a hashtag, uh, UHF Live Watch. If you use that, you can join in the conversation. We can talk about things about the movie. We can talk about your thoughts on the movie, maybe some trivia. If you want to share some interesting pictures of your UHF-themed collectibles, that would be great, too, and it would be a lot of fun. So I'm going to be on Twitter. If you would like to join in, and I hope that you do. Feel free to do so however you would like. Hope to uh, tweet to there. I don't know. I hope that never catches on. Uh, talk to you later, guys. Stay safe. Well, if I do not have to wear pants, you know I'm going to be there. <laughs> <laughs> of course, I watch UHF every night anyway, so this time I'm just going to be live tweeting it with all my friends. That hashtag is hashtag UHF live watch. And I'm also going to use hashtag gill and chill just for the gill and chill of it. And you know what I'm going to be drinking, Dave? A Yankarita? Well, close. I'm going to be drinking this new beer I found by the single cut company. It is called Weird and Gilly. And I posted a video of my reaction, trying it for the first time over on our social media at 2000 inch. And Dave, there's only two words to describe this beer. Oh, I know what those two words are. Chicken and bowling. Um, yes. And also weird and gilly. Oh yeah. That makes a lot more sense. (laughs) And now it's time for our interview this week. This is someone that, without fail, Ethan and I saw every single time we went to a Weird Al concert on the last tour. We had a blast talking with her, and we think you will have a blast listening as well. We are so thrilled to be talking to Weird Al's merchandise manager. She's been touring with him since 2016. Please welcome Marnie Farlow. How's it going, Marnie? Hi, how are you? Great. We're we're so excited to finally have you on. Yeah. You've certainly been someone we've talked about a lot in our bonus episodes when we're discussing merchandise and the variations and all that stuff as we're going to shows. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, this is a long time coming. I think we have there's a lot to talk about. <laughs> For sure. So you obviously know that Dave and I are two of the biggest Weird Al collectors and we get all sorts of merchandise, so we see you a lot when we're on the road because we always are checking in to see if there's something different. Yes. Different <laughs> colors, different styles. You know, I know, oh, I got to let them know we have a brown bag <laughs> instead of a tan one. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it's very important, yes. <laughs> 
I mean, I feel like I see you almost as much as I see Al. <laughs> I think I see you guys as much as I see Al. <laughs> I mean, so Dave and I, you know, we're super collectors. We're super fans. We we try and tour chase a bit. And are there other people like us? Like, I know we know a handful of people out there, but, you know, is there just a Dave and Ethan in every city? Um, No, no, absolutely not. Oh, no, okay. I, I would say there's a Dave and Ethan for most bands that I've okay. worked with. Okay. Um, but for Al, um, I say, you know, you've got Jeremy as well. There's, there's just a couple in your, you know, and Jeff and, the, but, um, but generally like you guys are, yeah. Like you're the ones I see the most and okay. who know sort of the most about it. And, and you're, you know, even in the past, you've been like, Hey, you know, this would be a good price for this. And you know, you've, <laughs> you've even helped us because it's like, you guys are the sort of baseline of, you know, <laughs> if you're willing to pay it, then, then that's, <laughs> that's the thing. You know? <laughs> I'm very glad to hear that Dave and I are part of a small group because, you know, it is a competition out there and, and we need to make sure. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, the minute I get to the concert, the first thing I do is I run to the merchandise booth and I check to see if there's any new items. Yeah. That is not a lie. That is the truth. <laughs> Before I say hi to anybody, I'm in there, I'm first in line, I'm waiting for Marnie and I'm saying, what new do you have for me? <laughs> and you're one of the few people that like a lot of the stuff, like when we did the vintage items and stuff, a lot of that was new for tons of people except you. Because you're like, oh yeah, <laughs> I've had that for 20 years. <laughs> yeah, the vintage stuff was great. I got a couple things that I had never seen before. Like the one thing that stands out to me is the promotional Peter and the Wolf CD long box, something that I had never even seen before. And of course, Dave already had it, but uh, you know, getting an opportunity to pick up something like that for what I thought was a very reasonable price was was really awesome. So that was really cool, and I would love to see more of that. I don't does does Al have any more basements or garages to clean out? <laughs> you know, that's a good question. I not that I know of. I know Suzanne was grateful <laughs> to get the space back. Um, yeah, I, I I'm not quite sure. <laughs> so when did you start working with Al? Um, I started um, at the end of August in 2016. I had actually answered an ad on like a crew uh, board, noted jobs board, um, mm -hmm. for just to help out um, running merch for a VIP. You, you never really know the artist. Um, they kind of, because they don't want necessarily super fans applying or, you know, for all different reasons, they just say, you know, this is the job. And, right. and so I answered the ad and then sort of after I got contacted, um, from who I now know as Melissa <laughs> saying, great, you know, we'd love to have you out. Then I kind of looked up the venue in the date and I thought, oh, wow, <laughs> Weird, <laughs> I it. that's pretty cool. And, um, so I went and just helped out for that. I, I'm sure you remember during the mandatory fund tour, there was usually a separate, vip merch stand so i just ran that that night and it oh, went cool. really well and it literally ended up being um hey what's your schedule like starting like in the next two or three days Whoa. and so <laughs> i wasn't on a tour yet it really was literally just like that and um and so i i think that was like a thursday and that sunday i joined the tour wow. so <laughs> yeah so cool and what city was that first show that was somewhere in delaware i don't know if it was like newcastle delaware or wilmington some somewhere mm -hmm. delaware 
And you were a fan of Weird Al before you started working with him. I was, yeah, not a not a you know Ethan Dave level fan, but absolutely, absolutely. One of my biggest childhood memories, and this is like I know I'm kind of going off topic, but I was in third grade and we were on the school bus and we had this substitute bus driver, and Michael Jackson's bad came on and all the kids were singing the lyrics to fat over <laughs> the real lyrics and so i guess the driver like didn't know that that was like a song and she thought we were like calling her fat or oh, i don't know no. what but she literally pulled the bus to the side of the road and said i will not you all better stop it or like i'm not going to drive the bus the rest of the way <laughs> so that sticks out in my mind you know 30 years later right. i you know so <laughs> yeah yeah and had you ever been to a, an actual live concert with Al before? No, no, I hadn't. I hadn't. I didn't know he was still around. I think you get, when I tell people that I work with Al, you get one of two reactions. The, oh, he's still around? Or the, oh my God, can you get me tickets? Right. And, <laughs> and so I did know that he was kind of still doing things, but um, it's not often really I get to see shows for my own self because I'm gone so much right working other shows that it's really hard for me to to you know make my schedule work out on a leisurely level but mm -hmm. so i'm now i've seen him many many times <laughs> but, <laughs> i'm so jealous but still probably not as much as you <laughs> <laughs> well probably not as much as jeremy <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah yeah jeremy definitely not as my don't i genuinely don't think i've seen al as much as jeremy <laughs> shout out to jeremy <laughs> yes. so were you doing merchandise before obviously you were doing it before you joined al's team Yes. Yeah. I've been doing it for, um, I started in 2004. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And how did you get into that? Um, well, I, it was kind of a, um, you just stepped into it. I, I went to see Morrissey mm -hmm. at the Apollo in New York and cool. I met the merch guy, just kind of got like talking to him about the merch and, and everything. And we ended up becoming friends. And like a few months later he was in Philly um, working a show for this uh, like metal band, Skinny Puppy, and he needed a seller to help him. And he said, "Hey, you want to come do this? Like, it's just it's easy, you know." And and I was like, "Yeah, okay." I was nannying at the time. I wasn't long out of college, mm -hmm. and it was summer, and and so I went and helped him. And I said, "Oh, this is like pretty fun, you know." And <laughs> and and so yeah. Then he just basically started like calling me when he needed help for things. And so at that time, it was sort of just like a side thing and then um he went on tour with Morrissey later in the year and I went along and helped and so yeah and then it just picked up from there so probably for the first I don't know five years it was like really sort of sparse you know two months here and what and then it just really picked up um probably circa 2009 I went on tour with Britney Spears Whoa, and cool. that yeah and then that after that once you have Britney Spears on your resume you're pr in pretty good shape <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm just so curious what other types of shows have you done is it typically music artists or like have you toured with Broadway shows or anything like that uh no no Broadway shows I did some work for the Impractical Jokers okay. um but that I think is really the only non-music that I can think of off the top of my head that I've done and that wasn't a full tour that was just like like long weekend of like matinee evening matinee evening couple mm -hmm. couple things but um but yeah no mostly just like pop music yeah 
Who are some of your favorite tours you've been out with? Um, well, last year I did. Um, every year I do the acapella group Straight No Chaser, who oh, cool. opened for Al once at Hollywood Bowl. Hmm. Um, so there's a tenu- tenuous link. And then um, I've gosh, I work for the B52s. Last year I did it, when I worked for the B52s. They were out with Culture Club, who was like a lifelong love of mine. So that was kind of a huge deal. Nice. Um, yeah, yeah. So, um, like I said, I did Morrissey. I've done, uh, I did five years with the Australian Pink Floyd tribute band. So oh, that wow. was really cool. Cause, wow. Yeah, because I did, um, we used to go to Europe for like four and five months at a time. So that was really cool. Wow. Um, more recently this year, I did, or not this year, not 2019, I did uh, a couple of shows locally uh, with Avril Lavigne. And I, I mean, if you li- want to list like every artist, it's probably like 150 <laughs> yeah. people, but tours. Yeah. Like Britney Spears, I've done some work with Bruno Mars. I like, but, yeah, it's a really, you can check my LinkedIn. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so how would you compare the fans of these different tours? I'm, I'm just so curious. Are we all just kind of the same? Yes and no. Are the Weird Al fans weirder? No, no. Well, I'll tell you what, the Weird Al fans in general, you know, there's always going to be <laughs> the exceptions, but in general, you guys, and I say this when, when venues want to like set up stanchion or do things a certain way. I said, listen, these people are going to form a line and they are going to wait patiently. They are the <laughs> politest, most patient group of people you've ever seen. And my sellers that help me always, they're like, wow, like they say, please. And thank you. They, they do. They just form a line. So that's, that is certainly not always the case with, with other, yeah. other um, bands. And I think Al is probably of all the artists, he's the one that you have the most people that say, I'm going to buy two things because I want one to wear and I want one to keep nice <laughs> for my collection. Like that's definitely, oh, that's so great. you guys are collectors <laughs> as a, even the people that don't come to as many shows and stuff are really like, you know, particular about the merch they want. And they kind of have usually after you, you've done the first couple of shows and things start ending up online and for message boards of like, I got this people mostly come and like ask you, first the specific thing hey i saw that you have a pocket where you know like they they every weird al fans tend to know exactly what they want and (laughs) they wait patiently to get it never really complain that it took too long like it's just yeah it's a good good group of people and i will tell you and any merch person will tell you that is like a big deal because that's not generally the uh (laughs) You know, you get a lot of, I was next and, you know, (laughs) I'm one person, please. But yeah, no, it's a good, good group. That's really awesome to hear. I think it stems from him because you, you can't, you can't really be a jerk and love Weird Al, can you? (laughs) Like, it's just, you know, it's not directionally correct. Like it's, you know, he's a good egg. So he has good eggs that follow him. That's right. (laughs) Now, besides the crowd control and things like that, what are some of the other challenges of working for a major artist like Al or Britney Spears? (laughs) Britney Spears, that's probably a whole other, (laughs) we can have a whole separate (laughs) podcast on that one. Um, I mean, the challenge is mostly, um, it is trying to, I mean, pre-tour the challenges, and and I'm not always involved in, in the stages, but it's deciding sort of, how much stuff you want, like finding the magic number of where people have feel like they have choice, but they're also not 
holding up the line, deciding between 50 things or, mm-hmm. you know, so there's that kind of challenge. But then also, like I said, there is the the crowd control and there is the making sure everyone is happy and making sure you do. I do a lot of apologizing as a merch person. Like, I'm, I'm sorry. And I do a lot of sort of... Um, I'm just going to help this person while you decide and I'll come back to you. And, you know, a lot of Mm -hmm. just, you know, keeping, keeping things smooth because in the age of, of, you know, message boards and the internet and things, you don't want to be the one that someone goes on and says, weird Al's merch girl's a jerk. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, you don't, it's, it's out there. And, And it's funny because I just realized last year that you can, um, if you make a purchase in square, you can, when you get your receipt or whatever, you can leave feedback. Oh, interesting. And yeah, I never knew that. And I kind of found this feedback and, and not everyone, I mean, you get maybe five through, throughout the course of a tour or whatever, but um, I read a couple that said, you know, oh, my son has autism and she was so patient with me. And, and, and I thought, a, oh, that's really nice. That, that, but B, thank God, <laughs> thank God that was nice. You know, because, because, you know, it's just, it's, it's a different world. Now, anything you do, is going to be out there. So it is a challenge because it does get frustrating sometimes and not necessarily speaking just about Al shows or whatever, but I'll give you an example. I had a woman at a show once and she says, um, you have any magnets? And I said, no, I'm sorry. And she's like, well, what's that? And I'm like, it's, it's a sticker. She's like, Oh, um, can I see it? And I give it to her. And she's like, yeah, so no, it's not a magnet. I said, no, no. And she's like, sure. You don't have any magnets. And I said, you could probably buy a magnet and stick it on the back of the sticker if you want or the keychain and but and she's like yeah but just wish you had magnets and so i said well um can i is there anything you do want that we have and she says um well no sure you don't have any ma-. and i just kind of wanted to be like man <laughs> i would not lie to you i'm happy to make a sale but you know but you can't you can't right. you have to be like no ma'am i'm sorry so so there is that is a challenge and it becomes a challenge more in my early days of my career it's like oh yeah no you know now that I'm old and jaded I'm like (sighs) I don't have a magnet (laughs) you know so that so that is a challenge to remain nice and you know or I'm so sorry that I don't have this in your size and and those things because there's so many things that happen that are beyond a merch person's control right that you get it like the same as retail or if your food is not good and you yell at the waitress, you know, it's, it's, it's very much like that. So it's yeah. keeping your composure and trying to be professional because you are a representative of the artist. So as much as I want to literally like twist my own head off when someone at the end of the night, and here's, here's a, a fact for you, a merch fact for you. There has probably not been a show in 16 years that I've worked that not that at least one person hasn't come out at the end of the night and says, is it half price now that the show is over? <laughs> and you're just kind of like, listen, have you ever had that happen? I just want to know, did you ever go to a show? Because yes, maybe at the end of an entire tour, as things are winding down, maybe a price will change. It's not that common, but you know, right. if you have a lot of right. something, but that's going to be for the whole night because you will start a riot <laughs> if you charge someone $30 for a shirt and on the way out, everyone else gets it for 15. So, you know, you always get that. And then they kind of always go, ah, oh, well, you have to ask. And I'm like, well, you don't, but okay. So, so that I think for me, actually, it sounds so stupid, but that is probably the biggest challenge to not be frustrated when you have stuff like that. And there's a hundred people behind them in line (laughs) so so, 
So to all the listeners out there, again, not necessarily the Weird Al, let's, let's save everyone a little bit of time right now. All it's never people. going to be half price <laughs> at the end of a show. <laughs> so you mentioned you'll project and, and figure out how much of each thing to order and that kind of thing. Do you have an input on the actual designs or the product SKUs? Um, not necessarily. It depends on the artist. For Al, I'll have sort of a secondary, hey, this is what we came up with. What are your thoughts? And mm-hmm. so, that, you know, as much input as I would have would be like, hey, let's have one pop socket design instead of two. Or, you know, really, really minimal because there's so many people. Like, he's been ar- around so long, and he, if it ain't broke, you know what I mean? Like, right. they know what they're doing. Yeah. And so... So I don't really have to have to. There's certain bands that I like literally do everything from soup to nuts, but this isn't isn't one of mm-hmm. them. So, um, but it is interesting because I am a, like an employee of Al. I'm not via a merch company either. And when you're with, with through a merch company, you're like an outside contractor as part of the tour, and so you don't have a whole lot of say like at all. You're just like the face, the body, the seller. Right. So you know, and and so Al is not like that. Al, I'm just like. I work for Al and only Al. And we have a printer and me and then Melissa <laughs> and Suzanne and, and the, the merch company, they all kind of handle the real nitty gritty right. part of that. Right. That's cool though. I, I feel like they must, you know, when they have an idea for, for something that maybe hasn't been done, they're like, well, we know we'll at least sell four of them to Dave. And <laughs> no, that's exactly, <laughs> like, exactly. You know, and I certainly do have, I play a part once we're out and once we have the items, the projections would be then my responsibility for the most part, right. because I'm out there knowing what is the big seller and what questions people are asking and, and things like that. So, and, and, you know, so I would get with the printer and at the beginning of any tour and say, what is your turnaround time generally for each item because as i'm getting low i'll sort of leave x amount of time and that's where when i said sometimes it's not you know like one year chinese new year held a lot of things up you know like just things that you don't really have control over that people can get really angry about so (laughs) it's it's you know it's a juggling (laughs) juggling act but in the end it, it works out pretty well now are there any items that you particularly saw that you said well i don't think this is going to sell well and it sold really well or the opposite like i oh i think this is really going to sell well and and then it didn't turn out to sell as well as you thought it was going to um not really and i mean speaking specifically to al like everything just people love it like people love weird al merch because <laughs> I'll, actually actually you know what i take that back i wasn't sure how the messenger bag was going to go to start mm-hmm. like because i was like what is the demographic for the messenger bag is this work people is it it flew off like there were certain cities that i literally ran back to the truck (laughs) 10 times like re restocking it so yeah so that actually is a good example of something i and i didn't think oh this is a dud or anything like that i thought it was super cute but i thought you know is this a niche item or is this like a you know gonna like the tour shirt obviously you always know is gonna you know i knew when on the vanity tour (laughs) with that that shirt with the the description on the back yeah. like i knew that that was going to be like the best thing ever so sometimes you really know and yes yeah, so i think that would probably be the only example of something that i was really surprised at what a huge item it was i knew the lunchbox was the lunchbox was going to be great so for the most part he anything we've got people yeah. wanted <laughs> especially us right <laughs> exactly yeah if ever comes the day when you two walk up and go 
Oh, then we will know <laughs> we have failed. <laughs> we have failed as suppliers. <laughs> I, I don't know if you could do that. I don't know if they're. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because for you it would be, oh, I mean, I'm going to buy it anyway. Right. But. <laughs> <laughs> do you have any Al merchandise pieces that have just been your personal favorite? One, when we had the vintage stuff, there was like one t shirt that I was like, it was an Al TV t shirt. And there was only one of them. And I was like, I love this. Can I please just have this? Because I love it. And so I wear that like a lot. Um, a lot of the t-shirts I tend to to wear mm-hmm. like a lot. I don't have a pop socket because of wireless charging. <laughs> um, yeah, the socks, the socks. And then oh, we yeah. had, um, as part of the crew, our crew gift was Weird Al pajamas that I've worn numerous times. Those so. were so cool. Yeah, that was, I actually just printed because I'm, you know, I'm home quarantining. So this is when everyone's getting their house stuff done. I like was resorting my office last night and I printed the photo of us all in our pajamas to display Uh in my office. (laughs) It's so nice. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. I love those pajamas and I'm going to put out a suggestion that, you know, hey, maybe we get some pajamas on the next tour. <laughs> yeah, hey, you never know. You never know. I think I think one the big thing that we go through is for for any tour, you kind of say we know this would sell, but what would the price point have to be? Right. Because what is it costing us to <laughs> produce it? Because you never want to come out and be like, hey, we've got Weird Al pajamas. They're $300. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right. And have people be like, what the heck? You know? So... So that's a big deciding factor, but it's, you know, the seed has been planted. So <laughs> if you ever want to do a limited run of something, you, you have our, our info. <laughs> <laughs> and the other item that I constantly got asked about was where are the Weird Al ties? <laughs> oh, oh, well, but funnily enough, funnily enough, I did say this at the end of last tour because, and I didn't think of this on my own, I'm no genius, but the socks, the way they were, the, you know, I displayed the socks as socks and kind of wrote socks and things, but a lot of times people I find, they won't look at the display, they'll look at what's down behind your stand, and the socks were wrapped in such a way that did make them look like Necktie, so people would point and be like oh can i get the necktie and i'd have to go oh no it's socks but they're still cute you know and then they would you know go oh well yeah i like socks too but enough people asked that i did say hey this is you know people want a weird owl necktie to wear to work with their weird owl messenger bag and their weird owl lunchbox and their notebook <laughs> they're all set and their polo Thank shirt you. i've been saying that the entire tour <laughs> I, I was one of those people that mistook the socks for a tie <laughs> when, I, when you know when I came to the first show, of course, I you were nice and you set aside everything for me just to to grab. And I was going through it later. And I was like, oh, a tie! This is awesome, you know, because like you said, it was wrapped up and looked like a tie. And I was mm-hmm. so excited that you know I was like, I don't wear ties, but you know I'll make an exception. For this one. <laughs> so you were not alone. The next day, with my weird all tie on, and then I was like, "Oh, these are socks, which are still cool." But I was just like, "Oh, I want my tie." <laughs> People also really loved the socks from the box set like yeah. we had had a couple of extra that we sold and like people 
loved those and they tended to know that those were socks because they were packaged differently (laughs) but but yeah people actually like went mad for those that they were great the greatest knits i love those yeah (laughs) yeah yeah really nice quality too like everything about those socks was awesome the two different faces on the toes like a plus product you've been out on the road with al for like you said about three and a half years right Mm -hmm. Uh, what is some of your favorite venues to be at um, well, um, there's two pri- prior to this year. My favorite venue is always Mohegan sun casino. Like oh, I really? say that without hesitation. Oh, they're amazing. Like the catering's amazing. They're, it's such an easy day. They treat you really well. They like just a really, I love going there with any, any band. And then, um, uh, there's a, there's this one in New Hampshire, and they call it like roadie summer camp. Oh yeah. And I was hearing about this place. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's literally the greatest thing you've ever seen. There's like a moon bounce. There's like a million bikes and tricycles and things <laughs> that you can, it, there's a mini golf, a pool, an open bar all day. Like it's literally like, Whoa. you're like, Oh my gosh, can we do a residency here? <laughs> it's awesome. And I had never been there until this last tour. If you sell out, they give you like a lobster dinner and I'm a vegetarian. So that doesn't mean anything to me, but still a big deal. <laughs> So. Yeah, that that was Guilford. I was at that show. Yes, yes, uh, really great. It, that was like probably my greatest like <laughs> tour day ever. And except except everyone got on the trikes, and I am only five feet tall, and I couldn't reach the pedals oh, on no. the trikes, so I had to go and get like this Mickey Mouse child. <laughs> Right. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. Melissa was all, yeah. Melissa was laughing. She's like, I got to take your picture on this, on this child oh, bike. But, yeah. But so that, those are my, probably my two, two favorites. I like anything. Um, I like the outdoor amphitheaters when the weather is nice, when they're raining there, it's the ultimate torturous thing trying to keep the merch dry and everything. But, but yeah, like those, those are my, like favorite when I see those on the schedule. I'm like, yes. <laughs> yeah, and there were there were some dates this last tour where it was really hot out, and you know, merch you got to stand oh. outside. <laughs> oh yeah, and I would get like you know because we're selling a lot of merch, and you know, I don't have a whole semi to to store it. I was getting pallets of merch a lot, and there was one day in South Carolina, I think it was Simpsonville. And I got a merch shipment of probably three or four pallets of stuff, and it was literally 112 degrees. Oh. And where they dropped the pallets were just, like, dead in the middle, like, of the sun. And, like, everyone kept bringing me, like, Melissa, everyone was bringing me out water and, like, sunscreen. Oh, no. Peaches is like, please, you need sunscreen. <laughs> like, it was, it was, yeah, it was brutal. A lot of the venue people were like, you are a trooper. I said, it's a war out there in Merchland. <laughs> So, and then it ended up being that the venue sold that day. So thankfully I could just give them what they needed and stock them up as, right. as they needed. Oh, but I was in the back still opening every box and counting everything. And oh, so those man. are the days when you're like, oh gosh, I wish I became an accountant. Yeah. Or something. <laughs> it seems like Al's crew really is a family when they're on the road. And, you know, we see like you go to Niagara Falls together and you guys go out to dinner together. It it seems like a really nice time. Absolutely. Like it really. And probably when people ask me who my favorite person to tour is, it's really not a lot of hesitation before I say Al. And that is one of the huge reasons, not just for him, because he's usually a part of all that. Like he's with us and he spends time with us. But it is a great group of people we stay in touch when we're not on the road and like recently i was in nashville i think it was december 
and JW like and I met up for brunch and just we we definitely kind of see each other when we can it really it feels a bit like um coming back when you start a new tour coming back like after summer vacation yeah oh, with your cool. with your you know your classmates and stuff it's yeah it's a really I'm very grateful to be a part of this family. And I feel like because it's so good, and I know I sound like a sycophant, you know, but really, and I will tell you that not every job in, in the touring industry is like this at all. But it's it's like once you're in this camp, you never want to give it up. Like Al will always be the tour, no offense to any other artist that, that takes precedent with mm-hmm. the scheduling and everything because it really is, it's that good. And I'm not saying that because it's an easy tour because it isn't. It's really long days and it it's, you know, it's, it's hard because he's a big artist and there's a lot going on and you have an early load in and you have, you know, there's some bands that I, we roll into the venue at 2 PM and I hang three shirts and it's like, then I order the band pizza and that's my day, you know, (laughs) whereas Al, I'm, you know, I'm up doing the 8 AM load in and setting up the stand and, and all those things. So it's not an easy tour, but it's a really, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's like, I, you, you're getting the most, sort of out of it like it's a rewarding rewarding tour yeah i can definitely tell yeah yeah it's not yeah it's not fake you know (laughs) smiling and then we all get on the boston fist fight you know (laughs) i was going to ask you besides you know the lobster dinners and the trips to niagara falls you know can you kind of walk us through what a day is like on tour for somebody who's not you know ever done like a tour life like this Sure. Um, so for me specifically, um, say I would come in, say load in is at eight. We kind of set the alarm. Now, now I, I offer the disclaimer that there are people like Hawkeye and Melissa who are in even earlier and working even harder. And, you know, really like everyone, it's such a hardworking group of people. But so for someone like me, I would come in and wait for my turn on the truck um, while I was waiting, I would usually kind of sit down and figure out what I needed to pull to add for that day, get all the the stuff, get it out to the merch stand. Um, and I like to, I'm very much a get it all set up and then enjoy what you can rather than go do other things and then end up with not enough time. I hate rushing. I hate, like, I freak out and there's nothing worse than you're not, you know, done setting up your stand and people are there with money in their hand, like waiting to, you know, so I'm very much like, let's get it all done. And then, so I would get done in the afternoon time, you know, eat lunch and catering. And there's not a whole lot of downtime. Um, but, um, besides lunch and dinner, maybe you get an hour in the afternoon, um, to kind of just hang out and like play bubble spinner or something, (laughs) but, or like, I'm going to go lay on the bus for 30 minutes or something. Um, but yeah. And then for someone like me, I would have to be back in the venue, say anywhere from an hour to two hours prior to the show starting because of doors opening. So I'm, I have to, you know, be there. And when we had like the VIP pre stuff, sometimes it was like three, four o'clock. I had to be ready. And then, then that's pretty much it. Like if I have helpers, I can like run and get some dinner once the show starts um but otherwise you you see what the merch stands are like you know it's like once those doors are open it's like i'm not moving until till 11 p.m or so and then you know you count out you settle and make sure your money matches pay the sellers and take a shower it's always like a race (laughs) shower because venues like i don't know what you know back when they built some of these venues it's like no one shower's perfectly adequate (laughs) you know one shower's great yeah but uh 
So, yeah, there's always like the, oh, let me count this money and, and get in the shower really quickly <laughs> and then get on the bus. And I, I personally am like I am a get on the bus and get into my bunk because I'm so tired. Like, it's like, oh, lame, come on, have a beer or something. And I'm just like, how are you guys doing it? I'm so <laughs> tired. I'm so tired. And I always have these big plans to like, I'm going to re- I got a new library book on my Kindle and I'm going to watch this <laughs> series on Netflix. No, <laughs> no, I'm not. So that's basically my day. <laughs> and then I do the comic cons with Al as well. So that's like also a really long busy day but super fun and rewarding is it the same merchandise we don't really well we'll usually just handle like um have like uh eight by ten photos like of maybe 10 different ones to choose from and uh every now and then we'll have like maybe the old mad magazine or mm-hmm. um a vinyl or a cd just little smaller things like that because yeah. you, you don't have anywhere to to kind of store it you just have your little little area mm-hmm. so it's more kind of crowd control they're buying like one or two things and then kind of going moving moving on to meet al and so i'm i'm there predominantly you know to do the merch but also to to say okay the next person has to go <laughs> right, up, you right, know right. that kind of thing you know good cop bad cop you know yeah. but those are really really fun and meeting those people is really rewarding because like i'm a big blubbering mess anyway but but you know with some merch at the concerts you kind of it's a very fast-paced you know the transaction whereas at the comic cons you get a little bit more of insight and so i get a lot of people who will tell me their story of why they loved al or or mm-hmm. and when they go up to him and they're like i could literally cry now even thinking of it and they're like you told me that it was okay to be weird and and <laughs> like it is like so great like it's so amazing and he just has such a way with them and that's not something i really get to see at the shows because i'm not doing the vip so i'm not really seeing the meet and greets right you know as they are and so those that i I love love seeing like i could watch it all day long the kids i love the kids that come up dressed like him in like (laughs) a wig like babies and toddler it's literally it's the greatest and that those are the days when i think you have the greatest job in the world yeah but i think everyone feels that way i think you know you you know they say don't meet your heroes he is a glaring exception to that rule yeah like he really you know and i i i think even if you wouldn't consider yourself a Weird Al fan necessarily. Like if you've never seen him in concert, you don't really have any of the CDs, but you know of him, you're not really ever going to ha- hear someone be like, oh, I hate Weird Al. Right. You know, <laughs> like you're never going to have that. And I, I always think of this funny story. And um, we were in Chattanooga on the Vanity Tour and I was setting up in the lobby and there was this female security guard out there and it was just me and her for much of the day. And we didn't really, she was just not very talkative and, and she kind of had a folding chair set up right around the corner from my stand out of view from me. And there was, the venue had, um, a couple of different theaters in it. And so one of the theaters had like a dance competition going on during the day. So one of these dance moms comes in and she comes up to the merchant and she's like, so what makes this guy weird? And I said, what? And she says, well, the shirt says weird. Like what makes him weird? And I was like, oh, well, it's weird Al. And she's like, yeah, I don't know what that is. Oh so I kind of gave her like, a, right. Like where do you even begin? Right. So I'm like, oh, you know, and I said, well, he's a parody artist. And I kind of gave her like a quick rundown because I could tell she didn't really care. And yeah. she kind of sauntered off. And then I just hear from around the corner from this woman who has not said anything all day. I just hear her go, 
I don't trust nobody who don't know who Weird Al is. <laughs> and, and I just thought, yes, exactly, exactly. And that's what I mean. It's like everyone kind of is just, they think of him fondly yeah. and rightfully so. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, thankfully, nobody like that would be listening to our podcast. That's <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. How did I? How did I get here? What is this that I'm listening to? <laughs> what makes this guy weird? Right. <laughs> well, how much time do you have? <laughs> so, Marnie, I heard a rumor that when you were touring with the B-52s, that sometimes you would have to dress up like a lobster. Well, <laughs> funny story. <laughs> funny story. So, so I was I was originally slated to be the lobster to the point where the lobster suit was made in my measurements. Okay. <laughs> and yeah, like it, and it was like a full on, like you know, mascot quality thing. Like we're talking gritty Philly fanatic sort of you know thing. This was not like you know from Party City. So, so this thing comes, and we didn't do it for the first couple shows because just you know, well, first of all, it was another summer tour, and you know, we talked about the 112 degree weather. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I'm gonna have a heart attack on the stage. So. We didn't do it the first couple shows, and we were trying to find the timing because I was running. I also do the VIP for the B-52, so I was running the meet and greet, and it was like, oh, there's not a lot of time for me to, like, get in this and then be ready for the meet and greet, which as soon as they come off stage. And so there was a little logistics thing <laughs> in the beginning. So finally, we were in Detroit. I can't remember how far into the tour it was, and I, I put – the suit on and it, it, I realized quickly that you need like three people to help you get it on because once you have your hands in the claws which have to go in first you can't you can't like snap the crotch and then you know all this stuff so I'm now I kind of get in the suit as best I can and literally have a panic attack and can't get out of the suit like because it was just very claustrophobic and and i just was like <gasps> and it just so happened that our production assistant's mother was visiting and she happened to be coming down the hallway and i was like Lynn, help me help me get out of the suit and and like i so she pulled me out of it and i called management and i was like i am so sorry but i don't think i'm gonna be able to do that like i I'm, i'll try again i'll try again but and they were so cool and and the one manager said you know i'm i'm quite claustrophobic too i totally understand and we're not going to do this to you so now i think what they do is they have a, a local person every night okay. get to do it and i don't know how they choose it because i didn't do their last tour because it coincided with al's tour um so i didn't do it but yeah so there's a different person in it every night now <laughs> so crisis averted but i mean wow. it would have been kind of cool and i had my moves all planned like what i was going to do and I talked a big game to everyone. Yeah, I'm going to be, you know, and, uh, and yeah, it didn't work out that way. <laughs> I feel like I would go to a B-52 show just to see you as a lobster. That's what Jeremy said. And I think I got Jeremy tickets and then I ended up not being the lobster. And he was like, what the heck? <laughs> oh, it's amazing. <laughs> You caught me off guard with the lobster thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> trade secrets. I've probably given away all kind of trade secrets, but no, it was not me in the lobster see, suit. See, now I got to know because there is another artist that you work with that is very, you know, familiar with costume characters up on stage. So, which of Al's costume characters would you like to be? <laughs> oh, gosh. Maybe, hmm. Well, 
maybe they perform this way octopus thing. Yeah, <laughs> that would be cool. But yeah, but not made to my measurements because when it's as I found when it's direct to your measurements, it is right in your face and you can't breathe. So. <laughs> I, you know, I'm just curious, do you collect anything or there, you know, do you have a, like a Prince collection or? <laughs> well, in my life I've had two. So when my younger years, um, say like adolescence, 12, 13, 14, like my teenage years, I was completely obsessed with Rod Stewart. Like, okay. like totally obsessed. Like I always argue that there is no love like that of a 12 year old girl. Like whatever you love when you're 12 <laughs> is when you're putting your whole heart and soul into it. All your babysitting money is going to that. You know, that was my life then. But I actually have, and people literally still talk about this on Facebook. If I like friend someone from like, you know, eighth grade or something on Facebook, they'll always message and be like, Hey, good to see you. Whatever. I always remember your Rod Stewart jacket because I had this jacket and I still have it. I haven't worn it in 20 years, but, um, <laughs> it was like from the mall, like one of those kiosks, it was a gap denim jacket, but I had Rod Stewart's face airbrushed on the back, like the whole back of it. That's and awesome. this is a true story. And I wore that <laughs> proudest punch through middle school, like literally 13, 14, 15 years old, freshman year of high school. So, you know, I was pretty confident, I guess, <laughs> because I, you know, so that was my, that, yeah, that was like my first real, like, I have to have everything of, of, you know, I was the Dave and Ethan of Rod Stewart <laughs> as much as, as much as a 12 year old can be. And I will tell you, I saw Rod Stewart in concert 10 times and the 10th time, I went by myself. I was 19 because by this point, everyone's like, we don't want to see Rod Stewart with you again. So I went, I was 19 years old and he pulled me out of the crowd and I danced on stage with him and I thought you've peaked and I never went and saw him again. I've not seen Rod Stewart since February of 1999 because I was like, that's it. You're never going to have a better time than that. So that, yeah, that's all you ever wanted. And it's over now. And there we go. And then my other one as an adult, I really love the band keen mm -hmm. i don't know if you know them um but i love them and i've seen them 75 times in concert and Whoa. i have two, two keen tattoos yeah so i mean there's a, there's a fandom in there in in you know <laughs> lurking but um but yeah like so they went away for seven years and they just came back and i went to england to see them and then they immediately announced U.S. states, and I was like, "Darn it! I just flew to England, and now, but thank God I did because it got canceled because I was supposed to see them last week, and it was canceled. So, good Whoa. thing I flew to England. Yeah, wow. So, yeah. So those are my my collector. Are you things. the David Ethan of Keen? <laughs> um, no, no. They've got a few that are a little deeper than me. Yeah. Um, the, like there's ones. Yeah, like really. Um, there's that. They have that. Duran Duran has that, and Morrissey has that. There's the ones the that are like. Wow, I saw I was a big fan and you put me to shame. But I mean, probably Rod Stewart, I gave people a run for their money. Because again, when you're 13, you're like, I, I, I was certain that I was going to marry Rod Stewart. So, whereas Keen, I was kind of of the age then where it was like, no, I just go to the shows and I. And I like go home and, and by then I had worked in the merch world. And so now I like hardly ever buy merch cause I'm just so sick of merch. Right, right. <laughs> so I don't have a ton of, I'm, but I do keep the, 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 um, ticket stubs and, um, I like drumsticks that the band hands you off the state. Like mm -hmm. that stuff is like, in fact, as part of reorging my office yesterday, I hung a bunch of drumsticks from the drummer of Keen on my wall. <laughs> yesterday. So. That's awesome. <laughs> 
<laughs> so, you know, I feel it. I feel you guys. I, I understand. <laughs> yeah. <you're... laughs> yeah. And watch, I'm going to send you both a picture of my Rod Stewart jacket and you're going to be like, she's one of us. <laughs> I can't wait. Oh, I'd love to see that. <laughs> now I want to go to the mall and get a weird Al Jean jacket. With his face. <laughs> <laughs> well, as soon as this lifts and the malls are open again, like, do they still have those? Do they still have the uh, the airbrush kiosk? I, I really, I don't think so. But I also yeah, really I don't, don't go so to either. malls much anymore. Yeah, no, I don't really either. I feel like now it's like for like nail things or like hair straighteners or something. They always, you know, you walk past and they're like, hey, come here. And you're like, no, I don't want you to straighten my hair while I'm walking through the mall. If you can airbrush me a Rod Stewart jacket, then right. we'll talk. But otherwise... <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> That's amazing. I, I think you should wear the Rod Stewart jacket on the next Al tour. Just so. <laughs> I think I probably should, huh? I probably should. Because I used to wear it to the gigs and people would freak out. Like grown women would be like, oh my God, where'd you get that? <laughs> yeah. Defert Mall in New Jersey. <laughs> because of course it was New Jersey. Right. You know, with the, with the airbrush jean jacket. So. <laughs> oh, that's great. With Al, you didn't go overseas, did you? No, no. I think the... To maybe in the future, but but no, I missed I missed all that. I came in a little bit late. Okay, yeah, just missed it. Uh. Yeah. So I want to know, you know, with all your years of touring, what is your favorite tour story? Hmm. Oh gosh, my favorite tour story. That I mean, one of them honestly is the one I told you earlier of of get of working for Al for one night and and being like, hey. <laughs> Can you, can you start tomorrow? That was actually a, a really huge deal. That was, that was really, um, gosh, this is one of those questions that probably when I hang up, I'll think of 10 things that is like, Oh no, that's the best, the best tour story. Huh? I, I mean, well, my lobster panic attack was, was pretty epic. Um, <laughs> for 15 years it's a lot of of tour stories it's probably something owl related i mean tour experiences i really loved we, we did helicopter rides this year at niagara falls and and um that was like that was really cool and it was funny because we were walking through um coming out of the maid of the mist and this guy like runs up behind me and he's like hi 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 um are you with weird al and you know your first instinct is to be like oh please leave him alone like he's just having like a yeah. day you know what i mean and, and and he's like because i run a helicopter and i'm like huh come with me <laughs> and I'm like, and so she organized it from there but, wow. but yeah so that was like really cool so there's little like experiences like that i would really have to think as far as like super fun funny tour stories i thought it was really cool when lin-manuel miranda came to the radio city show in so 2016 cool. yeah yeah that was really really neat and just even briefly walking on the stage for like 30 seconds and the crowd went <laughs> crazy <laughs> that that was really yeah really good yeah yeah that was so cool but yeah definitely if i think of you know more things because again it's even like when you were asking me who i've worked for i'm like um <laughs> like why can't i think of literally i have not stopped touring for 10 years <laughs> Were there any places that you traveled with Al that you like parts of the country that you've never been to before or that you found particularly interesting or pretty? I think by the time I've toured with Al, like I don't know that there was too many. I mean, he does do some marketing. I don't think I'd ever been to like Appleton, Wisconsin before Al. Like, so I definitely mm -hmm. like marked off. I had not been to um, North Dakota. Like there were certain states that I, I knocked off. Um, with the Australian Pink Floyd show, though, I went to Russia and uh, the Belarus and Slovakia and places that 
I never would probably go on my own. So that was really, and people are like, was it really with a tribute band? And I'm like, yeah, they are. It's like people can't see Pink Floyd anymore. So they are going to see this band. And, and so that was pretty cool. We took like a train from St. Petersburg to Moscow and like, yeah. So, so those things were going to the Kremlin, just, you know, going to set up my merch stand and then go to the Kremlin. (laughs) That's pretty cool. You know, whereas if you're in like Lincoln, Nebraska, you're like, well, there's an Arby's, (laughs) you know, not that I'm, you know, sorry, people of Lincoln, Nebraska, that was not a dig at you at all. But, you know, as an American, you tend to be like, oh, well, this, yeah, you know, we're jaded, we're jaded. And it's like, oh, you know, oh, another McDonald's, another Burger King. But, but yeah, so that was probably my most interesting set of travels you mentioned that you're a vegetarian i'm also a vegetarian we all know that al is a vegetarian sometimes vegan yeah i wanted to tell you about this event that dave and i did so we did a screening of uhf and we had jonah ray there and we have a local sponsor burrito burrito it's a vegan mexican restaurant and they made 100 vegan twinkie wiener sandwiches and oh my god they were amazing i wish you could try one they were so good oh wow <laughs> that's crazy that's hilarious they got someone to bake a vegan twinkie just for the event and they made cheese. oh my god it was so cool <laughs> oh that's awesome see i love that stuff and i'll tell you what that speaking of touring and, and uh, that's another great thing about the al tour because when the artist has the same dietary restriction as you, you eat really good food. Because I can tell you right now, as the merch person, um, I got once asked to do the Ted Nugent tour, (laughs) which I did not do. (laughs) But I thought... I probably, you probably have to like kill your own lunch on that. <laughs> you know what I, mean? like, I thought that's probably not the right tour for me, literally even gastronomically, not the right tour for me. <laughs> so it's great to tour with Al. That's to add that to the list of million reasons why it's great to tour with Al because he's also a vegetarian. And so he understands and he likes to find cool new vegetarian places. And, you know, like even at Comic-Con, I'm like, oh, okay, I found this, you know, wherever hip city veg around the corner let's do that like and he wants to do it and it's not like ew right what is it lettuce you know know, he he gets it so so that's cool that is cool (laughs) and again no no offense to ted nugent fans i feel like i'm offending everyone today (laughs) if you listen to our podcast and you're a ted nugent fan please let us know we're very curious (laughs) (laughs) well and i will say and and again as this is a trade secret i don't know the tour gift because you tend to get a tour gift on some bigger artists and things the tour gift on that tour was apparently a like hunting knife oh wow so, there you go yeah <laughs> yeah you missed weird out. al pajamas <laughs> ted nugent hunting knife so <laughs> i want a weird al hunting knife now <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the beauty of, of weird al is like I, I do think because the fan base has such a good sense of humor we could probably like literally be like i don't know like over Weird Al and anything like Pogo Ball, like anything, just just put his name on it. Remember Pogo Ball from the eighties? I don't know what made that come into my mind, but just anything. And I say like, you know, snorkel, Hey, here's your Weird Al snorkel. And people be like, Oh yeah, I want a Weird Al snorkel. That would be a huge So, you know, (laughs) so yeah, I mean, anything, even if you can't really tie it back to, even if people are going, why is that Weird Al though? (laughs) But I'll take it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because they get it they get the humor in in this stuff 
when I want it to happen, I want to be bouncing on a Weird Al pogo ball with a Weird Al snorkel in my mouth and a Weird Al necktie. Around I have set some really unrealistic expectations for this next run. I'm so or, or have I? <laughs> I'm so looking forward to pick that up on the next tour. <laughs> I have to hang up and call Jay. <laughs> Marnie, I like how you said, like, oh, it just came off the top of my head. I know what you're doing. You guys are making Weird Al Pogo balls, and you are <laughs> testing it on us, and you're trying to gauge yeah, reaction. Literally right now, I am sat in a room surrounded by Weird Al prototype Pogo balls, and that is what I'm doing during the quarantine. I am testing them out for durability and quality. <laughs> Oh, oh gosh but we i think before we sold a pogo ball we would have to like get a waiver signed like <laughs> if and when you break your neck on this item we please do not contact us <laughs> please do not leave a message in square right. <laughs> saying that i sold you a dangerous item <laughs> oh that's so great Marnie, thank you so, so much for joining you're us. you're welcome this, thank you this was just a blast and can't wait to see you on the next tour and hopefully sooner on a tour where you're dressed as a lobster. A different aquatic <laughs> Fingers animal. crossed. Fingers crossed. My next tour is supposed to be Alanis Morissette. So if we can figure out how to work a lobster into that show, <laughs> you know, maybe maybe we can pull it off. <laughs> we'll be there. Slightly lobster, bigger measurement. A lobster bouncing on a pogo ball. You can do it. <laughs> Well, at least I'd have the padding when I went right, down. You know, my claws, my claws would stop me. A special thank you to Marnie for the behind-the-scenes look at all the merchandise that you and I hoard. <laughs> thanks, Marnie. And also a special thank you to Dave Canyon. Yes, thanks, Dave Canyon. Wait, who's Dave Canyon? Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast is brought to you in part by Dave Canyon's Dumbing It Down with Dave podcast. It's the fastest podcast on earth. Dave Canyon records from his 2008 Kia Rio LX while commuting to and from work on the New York State Thruway. Listen to Dave discuss topics including family, friends, relationships, pop culture, workplace situations, politics, and human behavior. It's all about pragmatism, truth, happiness, and the search for it all. Dumbing It Down with Dave. Listen everywhere podcasts are available and on DumbingItDownWithDave.com. Oh, that Dave Canyon. Well, and of course, we want to give a special thanks to our other amazing sponsors, Burrito Burrito and Don Ferlazzo Allstate. You know, each week we bring you this podcast absolutely free due to these sponsors and every single one of our listeners who supports us over at patreon.com slash 2000 inch. Patreon helps us pay the bills and ensures that we can continue doing what we love and that's making fun, family-friendly, entertaining podcasts for you. If you enjoy the podcast and want to support us in making more quality weekly podcasts for your entertainment, please consider joining our podcast family and supporting us or even sponsoring us over at patreon.com slash 2000inch. We have supporter tiers that start for as little as $1 per month. And another way to support the podcast is to visit us and purchase something from our official Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast merchandise shop. We have some great items over in that shop. Ethan, we have amazing t-shirts with our logo on it, with our caricature that Kelly drew for us on it, and that amazing artwork that Jeff McClellan did for us with us and Jonah Ray. It's so cool. 
you can head on over to shop.2000inch.com for all those great items and more. And if you purchase something from the shop, please let us know. Tag us in your post on social media. We want to thank our listeners, subscribers, and everyone who follows us on social media, including Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We are at 2000inch. And we also want to thank those of you who've joined our Facebook group. You can head over to group.2000inch.com and it will bring you right over to our Facebook group where we share fun stories and polls and talk about stuff with other fans. And of course, we want to thank our wonderful, amazing Patreon supporters. You too can become a Patreon supporter by heading over to patreon.com slash 2000inch. And of course, on the internet, join the conversation using hashtag 2000inch and hashtag Gill and Chill and for this Friday's UHF screening event, hashtag UHF Live Watch, starting at 9.30 p.m. Eastern, 6.30 p.m. Pacific. If you're not online, I still encourage you to go around and use hashtag 2000inch and hashtag Gill and Chill with everyone that you talk to. Your friends will love it. And speaking of friends, thanks to our friend and awesome listener, Chris Sear for the amazing new artwork that he made for us. <laughs> it's so great. Really, he's given us so many great things. You know, he did our holiday one. He did our regular Hanna-Barbera ones. And these are just amazing, just in time for Easter. Yeah, so Ethan, I know that you are very familiar with the Jurassic Park music video. <laughs> of course. <laughs> and I love what Chris did with me is that he has this image of me, like right out of the Jurassic Park video, that scene where the <laughs> the dinosaur takes the bite out of Al and he lifts up his shirt and you see the half of his torso is missing. Well, <laughs> Chris somehow reproduced that and I absolutely love love what he did to me <laughs> and I love what he did to me because it of course depicts me with no arms or legs thus making me Marty aka torso boy <laughs> I love that that is such a brilliant idea I love your facial expression in there too you're like <laughs> not amused <laughs> not exactly <laughs> And what he did with our logo, too. And he took the logo and he turned all the zeros in 2000 inch into Easter eggs. <laughs> and he drew this like, you know, Hanna-Barbera-esque Flintstones type dinosaur coming out of an Easter egg. And it's got little bunny ears. It is the greatest <laughs> image ever. Taking bites out of us. It's so great. <laughs> so thanks again to Chris. And of course, everyone can find us online at 2000inch.com where you can check out information on our guests and past episodes and make sure on our social media to share our posts tell your friends about the podcast and we love it when you leave us messages to play on the air at our special hotline 347 spatula it's open 27 hours a day i have a challenge for all of our listeners i want you guys to be a part of the podcast i want you to call into our 347 spatula hotline and record one of our ads now, that's the Brito Brito ad, that is the Dave Canyon ad, or that is the Don Ferlazzo ad. And I know you guys, you have them all memorized by now because you've heard them a million times. But if you do want a little help, we are happy to send you some more information, a little script to read from. And this will be a great way for you guys to have a lot of fun and to have a cameo on the podcast. Record it now. Send it on over to 347 Spatula or hit us up at 2000inch on social media. We're excited to hear your take on those ads and excited to hear them on a future episode.
We also want to remind everybody to subscribe to our podcast over on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or the podcast app of your choice. The only way to ensure that you do not miss a single episode is to subscribe. And you are going to want to hear our next episode the second it drops. We are so excited. Next week, we have the big 5-0, number 50-inch. It's going to be awesome, and we have a very special guest. We're so excited to talk to our first interview with someone who's been parodied by Weird Al. We have Chris Ballou of the President of the United States of America. Cannot wait for you to hear that interview. That is so exciting. You guys are definitely going to want to hear this one. That was Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al Podcast, episode 49-inch. I don't trust nobody who don't know who Weird Al is.